Doc Talk is brought to you by Merck Animal Health. By integrating the comprehensive animal health product portfolio of Merck Animal Health with the innovative technologies of all flex livestock intelligence, we are shaping the future of animal health, resulting in more effective solutions and healthier animals. Hey folks, welcome to Doc Talk. We're going to have a show today talking about hospital systems when we treat sick cattle. We're going to talk about uh, hospitals in stocker operations, in grow yard operations, and feedlots, and much more. Thanks for joining us today. We'll be right back. Welcome to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson, and I'm a veterinarian who works with Production Animal Consultation, and we consult about 25 to 30% of the fed cattle in the United States. And we have a tremendous group of veterinarians and staff and, and people, everything from working with computers to, to being in the field, working with the feed yards. And we're just happy to be able to bring this show to y'all. As we uh, get into today's show, it's something that we spend quite a bit of time doing, and that's spending time in hospital systems where we're trying to get cattle from home pens to hospital systems, get them treated, get them on the mend and, and get them back. And, and there are just certain things that we really emphasize when we work with crews and we work in, in feed yards that I think will be, be of, of use to you. But the first thing is, is the outcomes that we have in a hospital, regardless of the size of the operation, is really kind of the final measurement or score that we get as an animal health team. And what I mean by that is there are things that we do out in the pens that can could impact performance in the hospital. There's things we can do between the pens and the hospital that can impact the performance of, of doctoring or treating and responding to therapy. And then there's things that we can do after therapy in the convalescent pens and things to that nature that have a serious impact on whether or not those animals are going to respond to the, to the drug. Some of the ways that we measure that are case fatality rates, the percentage of cattle that were treated that died divided by the total number of cattle treated. We like to have that number between five and 10%. We also look at the, the medicine costs and trying to keep our medicine costs in check. Um, but understanding that as we see an increase in medicine costs and as we see an increase in morbidity, usually there's an increase in, in mortality that, that follows. So let's start out in the home pen. And the first thing is, is once we identify an animal that's sick or one that's not competing or one that we just want to have a better look at and do a physical exam on in the hospital, we want to make sure that we take that animal out of the pen calmly and slowly and, and making sure that when we take that animal to the hospital or to the place that you can doctor to the squeeze chute, we want to make sure that we don't over uh, run that animal or we don't work that animal up because when we start to talk about respiratory disease, you know, the last thing we want to do is put stress on the animal and put stress on the respiratory system. In, in times of heat stress and time of summer and early fall, we want to make sure that we're riding these pins early and then, and then moving these cattle slowly. Uh, the way that animals cool themselves, or one of the ways that cattle cool themselves, is through uh, evaporative cooling through respiration. So if we run those animals from the home pen to the, to the place where we're going to doctor them and they get overheated, they can't compensate because 25 to 30% of their air conditioner or the lungs has, has been impacted by pneumonia. So that's the first thing we want to do is make sure that we use low stress cattle, cattle handling and walk those animals. Once the animals get to the hospital, we don't want to just drop them off and put them in some catch pen and leave them set in the sun. Uh, this causes dehydration, this causes stress, 
if you have to drop these animals off, make sure there's shade, make sure there's water, make sure that there's a, a they're not laying, they're not wallowing in mud in the wintertime. But having that area that's kind of like your waiting room for the doctor's office is really, really important. Then once we get those animals uh, that we're going to doctor, we'll talk more about how we're going to handle them through the system, what we're going to do in the shoot, and much more. You're watching Doc Talk, and I'm sure glad that you joined us. Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson. I'm glad you joined us. Today I'm wearing a hat from Tennessee Farmers Co-op. Uh, a group that's really been uh, fun to work with. They're doing a lot of great things in Tennessee and the surrounding states, putting together their back 60 and different programs to help get good feeders prepared and, and increase the value of their uh, feeder calves for their customers. Um, just had a blast working with their executives, working with their managers, just a class, class uh, group of people. So, um, when we're one of the things I failed to mention, when we pull cattle, one of the things I like to do is, is use what we call pull tickets and you can just use a flip notebook or, or something in your shirt pocket but when you pull a calf out of the pen write down its number or which pen it came from write down why you pulled it you know respiratory disease lameness or or, or buller or whatever because once you get there and you've got a bunch of them and you're doctoring them you're like now what did i pull this one for and and if it was for lameness and you can't remember you can't diagnose lameness when they're standing still in the shoot you got to watch them move so, so that's important and it will help improve your, your case response. The next thing is, is we need to move these animals from the, the waiting room to the chute. And when we move these animals from the waiting room to the chute, one of the things that you want to make sure is, is you don't put small, weak respiratory cattle in the tub with some big lame animal or buller or something to that nature. And you dang sure don't want to overcrowd that tub. Because what happens is, if one of those lightweight calves with respiratory disease goes down, it's liable to stay down and you don't know it, and these animals trample it. And so you can have animals get trampled back in the back. And so I'm, I emphasize with our crews to separate the small ones, bring them up by themselves, then bring the big ones, or vice versa. I don't care, but we're really trying to, to focus on that. We get the animal into the chute. Um, there's three tools besides your eyes you know we're looking for for clinical signs of the animal dull eyes dehydration uh wet we want a wet nose not a dry nose we want them to be full of feed if they're off feed and slab sided you know they'll be anorexic and and have that uh gant look in the paralumbar fossa but we're going to take a rectal temp normal temp is 1015 to 1035 for a feeder steer we're going to auscultate the lungs and listen for lung sounds that are common with, with pneumonia. And then the other one that I like to use is a scale. And the scale is there to make sure we get the proper dose. And with these animals being $15,000, $2,000, dollars a piece, depending on how big they are, uh, a $2,000 set of scales to save one out of 100 is a, is a good investment. And, and so we know that if we underdose from research, that if we underdose an animal by guesstimating its weight, we can significantly decrease our case success rates for respiratory disease. Another one is, is that uh, antibiotics aren't free. And, and we know that if you're going off the yard sheet and the pen average, that these animals that are sick have been off feed and they're gonna decrease their body weight. So if they have a decreased body weight, 
then we're going to need to get a weight so that we make sure that we aren't overdosing. Overdosing doesn't have an effect on our case response, but antibiotics aren't free. And so as we start to think about how we're going to treat them and get the proper dose, the last thing that the scales do a good job of is telling you how well the animal is doing. If, the, if you treat the animal and it continues to lose weight, it's not responding to treatment. If the animal that you treat starts to stay the same or gain weight over time, we're getting her done and that animal's going to go home. Thanks for watching Doc Talk. We're going to be right back. We'll talk more about hospital management here in just a minute. Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson. I'm glad you joined us. And we're talking about managing cattle in the hospital. And it's something that I have a passion for. I'm a veterinarian. And so I spend a lot of time with hospital crews and we're, we're going through treatments and therapies and diagnoses and, and things to that. And today we're really trying to talk about hospital management. And, you know, if we have a downed animal in the hospital, that animal needs to be set up sternal. It needs to have access to feed, access to water. And if it's summertime, please get it in the shade. Now, you can never drag a downed animal. We need to move it somehow with a sled or a low boy or a loader bucket. But these animals, and if you've ever done it and had a downed animal in the summer that's on dirt, and you walk up there and, and, and give them water, they'll drink the bucket to the bottom. And, and so making sure that these animals have access to feed and water is, is vital. The next thing I'm gonna talk about in the hospital is cleanliness. We need to have cleanliness of our equipment we need to have cleanliness of our squeeze chutes and our snakes and cleanliness of, of our storage areas for our, for our drugs, for our vaccines, our refrigerators, different things to, to that nature. And one of the things that, that was really driven home is, is our drenching equipment or balling guns. And Dale Hancock has a classic study back in the day that they couldn't understand why they were having the salmone salmonella outbreak in some feeder calves in a feedlot until they started tracking back and they found that all the cattle that had salmonella had been to the hospital and they had been uh, given uh, an old sulfa bolus and what they'd found was that this bucket of water that they just throw this um, balling gun in was underneath the rafters where these starlings would come in and defecate into the bucket and cause this salmonella and every time they'd put that drench, that, that balling gun in the mouth, they were inoculating steers with, with salmonella. And so the positivity rate of, of these animals increased with number of days in the hospital. And the ones in the home pen that had never been in the hospital were negative. Um, just, just something you can do. When we're thinking about probiotics, we're thinking about drench guns and, and minerals and vitamins, and we're thinking about balling guns. These things are, are necessary to be able to disinfect between animals or, or clean them between uh, animal. If we start to see swollen joints in, in the hospitals, a lot of times we used to scream mycoplasma, but I can tell you from experience is then one of the things that has been uh, looked at anecdotally is making sure that we have clean needles. If we overuse needles and we start to get infection or we overuse our our backpack syringes and we don't get those collect, um, uh, cleaned properly, they can carry E. coli and other products or other bacteria that cause infections that can go systemic and they can wind up in the joints. So using Nolvasan to clean our needles between injections, making sure that we uh, change needles every 10 to, to 15 head 
making sure that we clean our equipment at night uh, before we go home every night with, with clean tap water and that we put it in a place where it doesn't get contaminated uh, is really, really important. The uh, last one is we never place a dirty needle into a bottle. You want to make sure what we do is we take the needle off and we take the plastic tip, we place that through the rubber stopper in the bottle, we draw up, put the needle back on. We never stick an ant a bottle because what happens is, is we'll get the bottle um, contaminated. So those are some tricks and some trades in hospital management. When we come back, we're going to talk about the hospital pens. Thanks for watching Doc Talk. Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. Dr. Dan Thompson here wearing my Tennessee Farmers Co-op hat. Sure appreciate the guys down there. They've been great to me um, and fun to work with. We're working on some things and really uh, helping their customers and, and members of the co-op. Um, exciting type stuff. But uh, anyway, I work for Production Animal Consultation. I'm a veterinarian. Uh, also have a split appointment at Iowa State University where I go in and, and get to work with some fantastic students and just uh, really, really excited. But my passion is, is working in feed yards. My passion is veterinary medicine and, and helping the beef industry be better. And, and so let's talk about hospital pens. First of all, the last pen you should fill in your, in your operation is the pen next to the hospital, okay? Or next to the place where we're gonna put hospital cattle. And, and the reason is, everybody says, oh, you don't want them nose-to-nose -nose contact. Well, that's true, but also, Pen space is a premium for cattle getting better. And, and the first pen that I wanna have available if I fill my hospital pen up is the one next to it as an overflow to improve case outcomes, okay? So that's, that's number one. Then people ask me, well, how much pen space do these animals require in the hospital? And it's easy. It's the same amount needed for a calf in the hospital as it is for a calf in its home pen. So if they need 300 square foot in their home pen, they need 300 square foot in the hospital. If they need 150 in the, in the home pen, they need 150 square foot in the hospital. So just manage whatever you do in your home pens, manage your hospital pen system the same way. Because overcrowding leads to mud. Overcrowding leads to heat stress and pushing cattle out of the shade. Um, different things to that nature. So, so as we um, look at this, pen space and bunk space is a premium, okay? Just treat the hospital calves the same way. Now, actually, I would almost flip this. Let's treat the hospital cattle better. This is the intensive care unit of your operation. These are the cattle that should have the freshest feed, okay? Let's make sure we scoop the bunks. If feeding that bunk gets moldy or it's old, scoop the bunk, give them some fresh, some fresh feed, give them some hay. People will ask me what my favorite probiotic is, and I'll say, hey, uh, sometimes just good quality hay um, is, is really good to get that rumen starting. So fresh feed, fresh water. I mean, cleaning water tanks in a hospital is vital to, to calf uh, success and making sure we have enough water tank space so all the cattle can get around and, and get a drink. When I start to think about uh, shade, the first place I'd put shade uh, would be in my hospital pens to relieve these cattle of, of heat stress uh, when they're sick. Cattle need 20 square foot of shade per head. So when you build those shades. And then the last one that we manage uh, is the pen floor. And 
the pin floor, when we start to get these mud holes, and what I'll do is, is when we, after we have a rain, I'll go through and actually map the hospital pins out and where we have mud, and we'll come in and we'll rebuild and reshape those pin floors so that we don't have cattle in places that are uh, gonna be muddy or gonna be in water. We also wanna make sure that, that um, if we're gonna use bedding, which bedding is great in a hospital pin system, especially if there's concrete floor, um, we wanna make sure that if we're gonna use bedding that we change it frequently because cattle will consume that and we don't wanna get an E. coli or salmonella type infection going in those hospitals as well. I hope you've enjoyed this, I sure have. It's one of my passions. Um, thanks for watching Doc Talk. Remember, always work with your local veterinarian and if you wanna know more about what we do at Doc Talk, you can find us on the web at www.doctalktv.com. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson, and I'll see you down the road.